So Yusuf when he was in the prison, what happened? These two men came and they asked him about the interpretation of their dreams. And exactly what he told them happened. One of the men, he was freed. He ended up back to his role of the water bringer for his master. And that was the king because that person was basically a royal servant. And Yusuf told him that when you go back, make sure to mention me to your master. That I am suffering in this prison and I am innocent completely. But what happened? This man forgot. So Yusuf stayed in the prison for a couple days. For? For several years. And how much is several? Somewhere between three and nine or five and nine. And if you think about it, if you want something to happen already and a year goes by and it doesn't happen, and another year goes by and it doesn't happen, another year goes by and it doesn't happen, what do you begin to think? What do you begin to think? Maybe it's not meant for me. Maybe it's not meant for me, it's never going to happen, so I might as well forget about it and do something else. No. Don't despair. Because if it didn't happen now, perhaps it will happen later. Be hopeful of Allah. Because what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? I am as my servant thinks I am. So after all these years, what happened? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opened the doors for Yusuf a.s. A new chapter began in his life. Up until now, what was going on? Difficulty over difficulty. Trial over trial. And now inshallah you will see it's all about ease after ease. How? It began with the dream of the king. Not any other person but the king. Because if any other person has a dream and that dream is bothering him and people tell him, don't worry about it, you know, he'll forget about it and he won't care. But the king, if he wants his dream interpreted, then he is going to make sure he gets that interpretation. Right? So look at how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends help. Through the dream of the king. So the king had this strange dream and he asked his people about the interpretation. They said, don't worry about it. And then what happened? The man who was in the jail with Yusuf salam, he remembered Yusuf. وَالدَّكَرَ بَعْدَ أُمَّةٍ Remember the word iddakara. Iddakara is from dhikr. And you might wonder, there's no dhal over here, so how is it from dhikr? The word is actually iddakara. Iddakara. Try to say it. Is it easy? Is it easy? Iddakara. Like you really have to focus. Dhal and then ta. Right? So the Arabs in their language you will find this, that whatever word is difficult to pronounce, they will change it slightly, they will change the spellings just for the ease of pronunciation. This is within the Arabic language. Alright? Just as the word qala, what's the root? Qaf, wow, lam. Now if you put it on the structure of past tense, masculine, it should actually be qawala. But come on, qawala, qawala, so difficult. Simply make it qala. Okay? So from qawala, it, it turned into qala, wow, changed into alif. So likewise over here, is dakara changed into iddakara. It's just easy. Okay? So this man, he remembered Yusuf a.s. and he said, send me, let me go to Yusuf and send me to the prison. I know a man over there and I will get the interpretation from him. And when he came, he said, Yusuf, oh Yusuf, ayyuha siddiq, oh man of truth. Oh man of truth, you are so truthful. Why is he calling Yusuf a.s. a siddiq? 
because the interpretation that Yusuf Alayhisalam gave him years ago that came true so he knows that Yusuf Alayhisalam is not a liar he's not a man who's pretending he is truthful he is honest so he said Yusuf ayyuha siddiq and remember earlier this man he called him a muhsin and now he called him a siddiq he says aftina tell us give fatwa to us meaning explain to us fi sab'i baqaratin simanin about a dream in which a person has seen sab' baqarat seven cows that are simanin that are fat ya'kuluhunna they eat them up who eats them up sab'un ijafun seven lean ones wa sab'i sumbulatin khudrin and seven ears of grain that are green wa ukhra yabisat and seven others that are dry seven that are fresh and seven that are dry So tell me the interpretation of this dream la'alli arji'u ila an-nas so that I can return to the people la'allahum ya'lamun so that they can know what can they know they can know the interpretation of this dream and they can also know about you tell me the interpretation I will go back tell them and they'll find out about you also now what do we see Yusuf alayhi salam his credibility is already established it is already established now think about it yusuf alayhi salam gave the man the interpretation of his dream and that man didn't even look back to say thank you right he didn't even remember yusuf alayhi salam he completely forgot about him if this happens to us we do someone a favor and they don't even look back and give us a glance or or even show any kind of gratitude how would we feel how would we feel very upset we would feel that our good gesture has been wasted what's the point of doing good to others they don't pay you back in any way but what do we see if you do something for the sake of allah then allah does not waste the reward of the muhsinin if yusuf alayhisalam had not told this man the interpretation of his dream would this man come and ask him no so remember the good that you do inshallah one day it will benefit you it will always benefit you if it doesn't benefit you tomorrow it might benefit you 10 years from now if it doesn't benefit you 10 years from now maybe 20 years from now if it doesn't benefit you in this life perhaps it will benefit you at the time of your death and perhaps it will definitely benefit you in the hereafter so this man he came and said ayyuha siddiq yusuf o truthful man And notice how he narrated the dream of the king to Yusuf alayhi salam exactly the same way as it was described earlier no detail was left out right and nothing extra was added and this is something that we must remember if you're ever telling somebody about your dream in order to ask them about the interpretation don't leave out some details and make something else up no making up dreams is also a crime first of all it's a lie it's a big lie and secondly it's a crime also because you're pretending to be what you're not so yusuf alayhi salam what was his answer if you were in his place what would your answer be what would your answer be if you were in his place huh go away now you remember me where were you all this time you're using me whenever you want some information you come and ask me and then you go away why are you using me 
This is not the character of a muhsin. Who is a muhsin? He does good to others. Why? For whose sake? For the sake of Allah. Because he wants reward from Allah, not from people. Always remember, when you're doing something good, you don't expect from people. Because they can never pay you back. Can a thank you, a thank you note, or a gift, or a gift card, anything, can it ever be equal to the effort that you've made? Can it ever pay you back? If you do good to your child, and your child grows up and he says, Mom, every month I'm going to give you a thousand dollars. It'll be rare if you see that happen. But even if it happens, can that make up for all that you've done for your child? Ever? No. So Yusuf because he was a muhsin, what did he do? He gave the answer right away. He gave the interpretation immediately. Qala, he said, Tazra'una. You will plant. Tazra'una from zar. Zayra'in. And zar is to plant and cultivate. So for example, you prepare the soil, you put the seeds in, and then as the plants grow, you look after them. Right? So this is all the process of zar. So he's saying that you will plant sab'a for seven years, da'aba, continuously, consecutively, without any break. Da'ab. From the root letters, dal hamzaba. Remember earlier we learned the word da'ab, with a sukoon on the hamza. And what does that mean? Habit. Kada'bi ali fir'aun. Surah Al-Anfal. Does it ring a bell? Yeah? If it doesn't, then hopefully, inshallah, in a couple of days it will, when you will hear it. In Taraweeh. So, da'ab is what? Habit. How do you develop a habit? How do you develop a habit? By doing something continuously without a break. And this is why the month of Ramadan is the perfect time to develop a good habit. If you've been striving to develop a habit of reciting Qur'an every day and you've been unsuccessful, this is the time. This is the time. Because if you do it 30 days in a row, then inshallah you can do it later also. Right? So he said that you will plant, meaning you will have your agriculture, for how long? Seven years consecutively without any interruption, without any break. And he says, فَمَا So that which حَصَدْتُمْ You harvest. حَصَدْتُمْ from حَصَدْ دَالْ حَصَدْ is to reap, to harvest. So whatever it is that you harvest, فَذَرُوهُ Then leave it, meaning leave the grain, where? فِي سُمْبُلِهِ In its spike. What is the sumbul? The ear the spike in which the grain is. You know what I'm talking about? Hmm? So, he said that whatever you harvest, meaning when the crop is ready, don't just take the seeds out. No. Leave the grain in the sheath, in the sumbul, illa except qalilan, a little bit, mimma ta'kulun, from that which you eat. Meaning, only extract that grain which you're going to eat immediately. Whatever you're not going to consume immediately, leave it in the plant, leave it in the ear. Why? So that you can store it properly. Don't take the kernels out, otherwise you won't be able to store them properly. Because the thing is that if the seeds, if the grains, if the kernels, they're out, then what will happen? They will become stale. But if you leave them, like for example, a packaging, if you leave it sealed, closed, then can you store it for longer? Of course, but if there's a hole in it, if you take the food out of the packaging, is it going to stay? No, you can't preserve it. So Yusuf salam, he's basically telling them the interpretation of the dream of the king, and he's also giving them the solution. 
what they should do in order to deal with the coming years. This is hikmah. This is hukum with ilm. He said, ثُمَّ يَأْتِي Then it will come, مِنْ بَعْدِ ذَلِكْ After that. After what? After these seven years of a lot of produce, what will come? سَبْعٌ seven شِدَادٌ Difficult. Shidad is a plural of shadid, one that is very difficult. Meaning seven years of difficulty. What's this difficulty about? Famine, drought, shortage of food supplies. So you'll have seven years in which you will have a lot of agriculture, a lot of produce. And then after that, you will have seven years of difficulty, meaning seven years of famine. Ya'kulna, they will eat. What will eat? The seven years of drought, they will eat up ma that which qaddamtum lahunna. You sent ahead for them. Meaning the food that you stored before. In the first seven years. Now that stored food, you will end up consuming it when? In the seven years of famine. Illa except qalilan, a little bit, mimma from that which tuhsinun, you will store. Meaning you won't consume everything in those seven years of drought. You will still have a little bit left over that you will store. Tuhsinun is from hisn. What does hisn mean? Fortress. Right? So you will store it. Why? For future plantation. Now you see what's going on over here? What was a king's dream? Seven thin cows are eating up seven fat cows. And then he saw seven ears of grain that were green and seven ears of grain that were dry. So what's the interpretation then? From the statement of Yusuf salam, what do we understand? That the seven fat cows, they represent the seven good years. Alright? They represent the seven good years in which there will be a lot of produce. And the seven lean cows, they represent the seven years of drought, of famine. And then the seven lean cows, they eat up the fat ones. Meaning the seven years of drought will consume the food that they had stored in the seven fertile years. You understand? And then you will have Fresh grain for seven years. Fresh food for seven years. Alright? Green, sumbulat. You will have them for the first seven years. But then for the next seven years, what will you consume? The seven dried ones. The food that you had stored for yourself. So you understand the interpretation of the dream? Now, this dream, did you ever think that this would be the interpretation? I mean, sometimes we see milk or we see water. And we see that somebody is, for example, swimming a lot in water. Or somebody is drinking a lot of milk. Remember that hadith that I told you? The Prophet ﷺ, he was drinking milk in his dream. And so much so that he felt so satisfied and the milk started coming out of his fingers. And then he gave the leftover to Umar anhu. How did he interpret milk as? Knowledge. Right? So over here also, fat cows meaning a lot of produce, a lot of food. Thin cows meaning shortage of food. Alright? Fresh grain. Fresh green meaning fresh food supplies. And then dried. What does that mean? You're eating up what you've stored from before. So do pay attention to dreams. I'm not saying every dream, every random crazy dream. But do pay attention to dreams because they are like a preparation for you, for your future inshaAllah. Okay? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala helps us through our dreams that He prepares us for the future. 
so that we can better prepare for it. Alright? Now, Yusuf salam, he gave them a 14 years planning basically. He didn't say, you're going to suffer a lot for 7 years, so you know what, you better prepare. And you better take my help, get me out of prison so I can help you. Otherwise, your whole civilization is going to collapse. No, he just gave them the interpretation. That the harvest of 7 years is actually supposed to last you for 14 years. And this is a strategy that you must adopt in order to survive. ثُمَّ يَأْتِي Then it will come. مِنْ بَعْدِ ذَلِكْ After that, meaning after these 14 years, which 14 years? The first seven of fertility and the last seven of drought. What will come after that? عَامٌ A year. A year فِيهِ in it يُغَاثُ nas. The people will be given rain. يُغَاثُ is from غَيْث. And غَيْث means help and it also means rain. Such rain that is really helpful. Really helpful. When is it helpful? When is it helpful? When it's hot, when it's dry, when there's shortage of water. So even if it rains a little bit, it's very, very helpful. This year, alhamdulillah, we've been seeing a lot of rain. Alhamdulillah. But a couple years ago, if you remember, there was a summer in which there was hardly any rain. There was, but very little. And how hot it was. How hot it was. So a little bit of rain even at that time is so helpful. So, عَامٌ فِيهِ يُغَاثُ النَّاسِ Because you see, the seven years before this year, how were they? How were they? Of famine. وَفِيهِ يَعْصِرُونَ And in that year, يَعْصِرُونَ They will press, meaning they will squeeze the fruits and the vegetables in order to derive juice, in order to derive oil, in order to derive different things from the produce. Now think about it. When is it that you will extract apple juice from your apples? When you've got two apples in your refrigerator? When? When you have a lot of apples sitting there and you know that you can't eat them up. So what do you say? You might as well take some juice out and drink it. It'll be used up quickly inshallah. Right? So, وَفِيهِ يَعْصِرُونَ What does that mean? That there will be so much food abundance of fruit, abundance of produce, and people will have a lot of oil also, a lot of juice also, a lot of drinks also. And also remember that milk is a liquid. And where does that come from? From animals. And when can you have milk from your animals? When they have produce to eat. Now this dream, hmm? Yusuf salam finally he said about it, that things will return to normal. You 14 years, of difficulty one year of a lot of rain and then inshallah things will return to normal the famine is seven years away but it will last for seven years okay it's seven years away but it will last for seven years so pre-planning is needed now the king when he received this kind of an answer first of all the interpretation was quite impressive and then secondly The suggestions, I mean the planning that Yusuf salam proposed, that was also mind-blowing. This king, he's like, وَقَالَ الْمَلِكُ And the king said, أُؤْتُونِي بِهِ Bring this guy to me. Why is he in the prison? What's he doing in the prison? Bring him to me. I want to meet him. I want to see him. Why is he in jail? فَلَمَّا Then when جَاءَهُ الرَّسُولُ The messenger came to him. Came to who? 
to Yusuf alayhi salam, who's messenger? The messenger of the king. Al-Rasul over here is being used in the literal sense, the king's envoy. He was sent to Yusuf alayhi salam to bring Yusuf alayhi salam out of the prison and take him to the court of the king, you know, with a lot of honor and dignity, red carpet, whatever. What happened? Qala, Yusuf alayhi salam said, tell me if you were in that position, what would you do? Finally, run! Don't look back! Yusuf alayhi salam, he is so calm, he says, irjir ila rabbik. Go back to your master. I'm not coming out right now. Go back to your master and fas'alhu. And ask him, Ma, what is balu, the condition of aniswa, of those women? Allati, those who qatta'na, they cut aydiyahunna, their hands. Go and ask and find out what is the state of the women because of whom I ended up over here. Inna Rabbi, indeed my Lord, and this can be understood in both ways, my Lord meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and my Master meaning the Aziz Misr, under whom Yusuf was working, He, بِكَيْدِهِنَّ alim. He is knowing of their kaid, of their plot. I mean, this was all a plot of women because of which I ended up in jail. And I was innocent of this. So I want to know, what is the condition, what is the state, what is the present state of affairs of those women? Are they still the same? Are they still upon their old ways? If I come out, will I face the same problem? If I have to face the same problem, then why bother to come out? I'd rather stay here because Rabbi Sijnu Ahabu ilayya. Right? Sijn is more beloved to me than that which they call me to. So Yusuf does not rush out. Why is he asking this? Why is he bringing up this issue that happened so many years ago? Why doesn't he just let it get buried and die off by itself? So that his case can be clear. So that his innocence is known. Because if any person has some kind of criminal record, okay, then he's not going to be trusted by people. Right? How can people accept them? How can people you know, trust this individual. And if you think about it, many people, whether it's in politics or any position of fame, any kind of high position, what do their enemies do? If they want to bring them down, what do they do? They bring up a scandal. Right? A scandal that perhaps happened years and years ago. A man who's like in his 70s, in his 80s, and a young woman is claiming that a decade ago, two decades ago, he sexually assaulted me. What's the point of all of this? What's the point of all of this? Why do they do this? To stain the image of that individual so that he can lose his credibility, so that people don't look up to him anymore, people don't trust him anymore. They highlight the crimes of their foes in order to bring them down. Now Yusuf was supposed to be a prophet of Allah. And he was supposed to convey the messages of Allah to the people. And if people doubted his chastity, you think they would believe in him? So he wanted to make sure that people would have no reason to doubt. Okay, They would have complete trust on him. He wanted to make sure that his image was clear before the people. And he also wanted to ensure that if he was to come out of the prison, he wouldn't be facing the same problem anymore. Now, 
the Prophet ﷺ, he said something about Yusuf ﷺ. He said, وَلَوْ لَبِثْتُ فِي السِّجْنِ مَا لَبِثَ يُوسُفْ لَأَجَبْتُ الدَّاعِي If I were to stay in prison for such a long time as Yusuf did, I would have certainly accepted the offer. I would have certainly responded to the caller. Meaning, as soon as the king would have called me, I would have gone. I wouldn't have waited for anything because this is human nature. As soon as you see relief, you rush for it. As soon as you see a prize, you rush to get it. But Yusuf ﷺ, he was so patient. He was so calm. He was so composed. You see that he's so together. His emotions don't control him. He controls his emotions. And this is so important. That you are not driven by your emotions. Because if you're driven by your emotions... At one time you're being driven by your hunger, at another time you're being driven by your anger, at another point you're being driven by your frustration, at another point you're being driven by your desire, then what's the difference between us and animals? What's the difference? What's the difference between adults and children? Hmm? One of the very beautiful qualities that a person can possess is al-hilm, being halim. And what is hilm? Forbearance and tolerance. That when a person is able to control himself, he's able to control himself when he has all the right to be angry. And he has all the ability to express his anger. But at that time he controls himself. That is hilm. And that's a very beautiful quality, very noble quality. So the king, what did he do? Did he say, forget about those women? Whatever happened seven years ago happened. We don't care about it. Just come out now. No. The king also, because he wanted to benefit from Yusuf salam, he made all the accommodations for Yusuf salam. Qala, the king said, Ma khatbukunna? What was your condition? He said to the women. The king is now asking the women. Imagine, the king is questioning some people. What was your khatb? Khatb is from the root letter is khataba and khatab is the condition that a person is in when he's doing something, when he's engaged in an action. Earlier we learned the word bal, and bal is also used for a condition, and that is the present state of affairs. Yusuf wanted to know the present state of affairs, and the king is asking the women about what situation they were in when Idrawatunna Yusuf Annafsi, when you sought to seduce Yusuf. Meaning, what exactly happened? What was going on? What exactly happened? Did Yusuf do something wrong? Did he say something wrong? Did he do something inappropriate? Tell us what happened. Kulna. The women replied, Hasha lillah. Perfect is Allah. The same expression. Perfect is Allah. Ma alimna. We do not know alayhi about him in su in any evil. We don't know anything bad, anything negative about Yusuf. He is a hundred percent innocent. He didn't do anything wrong. He is pure. He is guilt free. So what happened then? Now the main woman who started all this problem, the wife of Aziz, now she said, Al-Ana now the truth has become evident. Now the truth has become evident. 
four letter roots. And what does this mean? It means wadaha, to become clear, to become evident. It's basically when something becomes evident, when what was concealing it is removed. So a fact, a reality, an evidence, right? It becomes evident how that what was concealing it, it came off. Okay? Like for example, if you're sitting with your family and you're just tricking your brother and you take his fork and you hide it, okay, under your, let's say under yourself, okay? You say, where's my fork? Where'd you put it? Where's my fork? Where'd you put it? You you didn't bring it. Did you bring it? And he says, oh, never mind. So he goes and brings another one. Now what happens? You forget that it's hiding under you. And then you get up after your dinner and the fork is right there on the chair. Hmm? So the brother, he realizes that you were hiding it. You were pretending as if you had no idea, but you were hiding it. So this is has hasa. Okay? So the woman, she said, now has hasa al-haq. The truth has become evident. Now, I can't hide it. I can't conceal it anymore. The reality is that أَنَا رَاوَتُّهُ عَن نَفْسِهِ I tried to seduce him. I tried to seduce him. وَإِنَّهُ لَمِنَ الصَّادِقِينَ And indeed, he is of the truthful. He is of the truthful. He never did anything haram. He never tried to harass any woman. We harassed him. And I started all of this. He is of the truthful. And I am guilty. Now, you might say, finally that woman confesses. But this also shows the greatness of that woman. Because there are many people who do something wrong and they will hide their crime even till the moment of their death. They're being punished. Until that moment they're saying, I am innocent, I am innocent. Whereas all the evidences they prove very clearly that they are guilty. But what do we see here? That this woman, she confessed. And this is what brings greatness to a person. Mistakes happen. Big sins can happen. Big offenses can happen. But your greatness is when you accept it, when you confess it, and when you apologize. When you seek forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One more thing I want you to notice over here, which is very, very relevant to us. Very relevant to us. That... Yusuf he didn't come out immediately. He said, I want to know what the state of the women is. And the king, he actually opened up this case when the people had closed it. And the king led the investigation into this case. He accommodated Yusuf Why? Why? Because he wanted Yusuf Why? Because Yusuf had something to offer that others did not. He had something of value. He could contribute to the whole nation something that others could not. Now what happens with us? Why is it that wherever we go, anything that we want to do, what do we face? That people are not willing to accommodate us. Why? Because they don't need us. They know that if they don't hire us, they have somebody else to hire They'll always find a replacement for you. We complain that people are racist. We complain that people are anti-Islam, anti-Muslim. But the fact is that do we ever focus on self-improvement, that people have no choice but to accept us the way we are? Think about it. 
If you have expertise, if you have something valuable to offer, people will hire you as a top class IT consultant even with a full niqab. And I'm not making up this example. This is a person whom I know of in this city. Full niqab. And I'm talking about a black one, okay? A black one, not a nice colorful one. A black one. Top class IT consultant. And she works. And she gets paid, mashallah, big money. Why? Because she has something special to offer. Her work ethic. Her expertise. Her qualifications. They all make the company needy of her. They need her. They cannot find anyone to replace her. So always work on your own self. Improve yourself so much that others will not be able to say no to you. Focus on yourself. But unfortunately, our position within non-Muslims is what? That we are always on the receiving end. Right? That we're always on the receiving end. Can you make this allowance for us? Can you give us a discount over here? And can you please give us this in the name of charity? And can you please excuse us of this in the name of welfare? This is what we're doing. We're not contributors. If we're not contributing, then how can the lower hand be better than the upper hand? How? We have brought maskanah and dhillah upon ourselves, so other people also don't give any value to us. They don't give any value to us. Yusuf was in a nation of non-Muslims. This was not a Muslim people. This was not a Muslim nation. This was a non-Muslim country. And he is going to be making his way up in the government. How? How? By fighting in politics? No. Through his akhlaq, through his expertise, through his work ethic, this is how he's making his way up. When we are not true to our word, when we don't even submit an assignment on time, when we don't show up, and when we bring up false doctor's notes to our professor at the time of exams, what respect are people going to have for us? If work starts at 9 o'clock and we're showing up at 9.30, why would they respect us? Why would they accommodate us? If we are taking holidays you know, for every little thing, why would they accommodate us at the time of Eid? If we take our lunch break so long, why would they like to give us a break for salah? Why? It's because we are falling short. And this is the reason why we don't receive openness from other people. If we do our work to the best of our ability, bring excellence, excellence to your studies, to your work, then inshallah you'll see the doors open for you. There is a Muslim woman who grew up in a refugee camp in Lebanon when she ran away from Palestine. And she's only 20, yet she was named the youngest doctor in the world. And she was in full hijab. So how? How is it possible? We think that because I'm wearing the hijab, everyone should just treat me like I'm a queen. I'm a princess. But that's not the reality. The reality is that people are going to see what is it that you do, what is it that you have learned, what is it that you can give, how is it that you can benefit? They want value from you. So bring value, how? By bringing excellence in your work, in your efforts. But our problem is that we just want to get by everything. Just perform at an average level. So what happened then? Yusuf salam, his character is proven as excellent again. 
that one stain that was on it removed and now when his credibility is completely established his honesty is well known what happened ذَلِكَ Yusuf says that is لِيَعْلَمَ so that he may know who may know? my master Al-Aziz he may know أَنِّي that indeed I لَمْ أَخُنْهُ I did not betray him I did not do khiyana with him بِالْغَيْبِ in his absence meaning in the absence while he was in the unseen meaning while he was not there in his absence I did not betray him by doing haram with his wife. وَأَنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَهْدِ الْكَيْدِ الْخَائِنِينَ And that indeed Allah does not guide the plot of the betrayers, the plan of those who betray. Those people who do khiyana, whatever work they're doing, temporarily they might be winning, but eventually they can never be successful because Allah does not guide them. He does not open the ways for them. They eventually meet failure. ذَلِكَ لِيَعْلَمَ أَنِّي لَمْ أَخُنْهُ بِالْغَيْبِ Now, Yusuf wanted to make sure that he was innocent and he wanted to make sure that this is proven to the people. Why? Because if people find out that he was dishonest to his master, then how could he be honest with them? Hmm? If a person cannot be honest with one individual, then how can he be honest with so many individuals? So this is the reason why he made sure that his innocence was known. Also remember that the prophets of Allah, they possess two very important characteristics. All the prophets of Allah. First of all, al-sidq. And secondly, al-amanah. Muhammad wasallam, wasn't he known as al-sadiq and al-ameen? Right? He was known as al-sadiq, the truthful one, and al-ameen, the trustworthy one. Now Yusuf salam, was his sidq established? Of course. How? Interpretation of the dream. That man came and he said, Yusuf, ayyuha siddiq. Truthfulness was established. But amana, that was a little bit shaky. So by going over this, by making sure that he was proven innocent, what happened? His amana was also established. Why is it necessary that the prophets of Allah should possess these two qualities and these two qualities should be well known to the people? about the prophets of Allah. Why? Because they are the receivers of God's message and conveyors of God's message. And if people think that they might lie or they might be dishonest, then how can they trust Him? How can they accept anything from Him? Let's listen to the recitation. Yusuf, أفتنا في سبع بقرات سمان يأكلهن سبع عجاف وسبع سنبلات خضر وأخر يابسات لعلي أرجع إلى الناس لعلهم يعلمون قال تزرعون سبع سنين دأبا فما حصدتم فذروه في سنبله فذروه في سنبله إلا قليلا مما تأكلون ثم يأتي من بعد ذلك سبع شداد يأكلن ما قدمتم لهن 